community content from Concentrate. You're up and Adam with Adam Montiel. Hump Day. Thank you so much for being up and at him. I'm Adam Montiel. Significantly cooler than yesterday across the Central Coast. Uh, Mid-70s yesterday, today, mid-60s. Josh Clapper, the owner of Tambor Winery, is going to be our guest. He is a low-bro neighbor. We also will introduce you to our breaking and entering family today. We'll change the names and ages of the little ones, get you dialed in so you can support, show some love for this family. That's happening on this episode. And what the heck is happening to Ember Restaurant? It leads our lo-fi headlines. Up and Adams, lo-fi headlines. First, we want to thank our friends at the General Store Paso, offering local goods, hand-picked gifts, a curated cookbook selection, and all the best for your pantry and your home. The team at the General Store Paso can help you pull together gift baskets like for anyone. We got to bring Jolie in because it's almost like a parlor game. For this person, for that person, they will have the best shopping ideas at depending on if you want to spend 10 bucks or 50, 100 bucks. This is the perfect time of year to see how these ladies can customize something for you. Helping people connect with dozens of local makers. It's what they're about. Celebrating 10 years on the park downtown Paso. Open daily, 11 to 6, 10 to 6 on the weekends and on Insta at General Store Paso. What? What's going on? Ember, I saw the post yesterday on their Instagram. Still, it's not even written about in the paper. We're going to get Brian Collins on the show by the end of the week, in just a day or so. We're going to get him on here. But Ember Restaurant, Arroyo Grande, absolute legendary status. Been there about a decade. The post reads on their Insta, Dear Ember Community, we would like to officially announce that we are in the process of transferring ownership of Ember Restaurant, and the sale should be complete sometime early 2024. While this is surely bittersweet, we look forward to remaining a part of the restaurant for the foreseeable future to provide a seamless transition for the new owners and want nothing more than for them and our amazing team to continue to be successful for many years to come. We do want to express our sincerest gratitude to our community. You have all embraced and supported us with such gusto since opening our doors way back February 5th, 2014. We were fortunate enough to see our dreams realized and come to life in the form of a vibrant neighborhood restaurant. What an amazing journey it's been, one that's blessed us every step of the way, and we are truly grateful to you all. The new owners are a young family and experienced restaurateurs with a passion for hospitality and will be hands-on with the day-to-day operations of the restaurant. They have every intention of keeping the restaurant the same. The food, the staff, the spirit of Ember will remain with enthusiasm. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us at info at emberwoodfire.com. That way we'll both see it. All our love, Brian and Harmony Collins. Now, I don't even know what to say about this. First of all, what an impact that this restaurant is made here. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, what they're turning it into, what they're going, what is that next chapter. I texted Brian a little bit. He's going to give us the exclusive. I'm so excited. I just want to say congratulations to Brian and Harmony. They both elevated the cuisine and hospitality at a pivotal time, not only for the community that they're in, but far and wide beyond the county. Their partnership with the wine community has elevated our area's food EQ, our gravitas. They and their team, they're going to be forever legends for inspiring, raising the bar, and making this area so much better. 
But what are they doing? What is next? I can't wait to find out. Just for someone who doesn't know about Ember, listen to the Michelin Guide's point of view. Ember was at the forefront of open fire cooking in the Central Coast when they open, and this Arroyo Grande charmer hasn't lost any of its spark. That's pretty clever. Its inviting industrial rustic interior is the perfect setting for their heartfelt and down-to-earth cooking. You'll likely never tire of the contemporary menu filled with comforting favorites like bruschetta made here with slices of house-made country sourdough with burrata atop an English pea puree and walnut pesto. They also have plenty of mains. With staples like the grilled under a brick chicken, as well as the not to miss feature, the 50 layer lasagna. Oh my God, that is like crack, I love it. A blueberry cream puff filled with honey and chev mousse and sided by lemon buttermilk gelato is creative yet classic. How about their pork belly and abalone? I mean, anything they did, they changed the menu once a month. Unbelievable, I, I don't even know what to say. We'll find out what the plan is for Brian and Harmony Collins when we have the first exclusive interview with them later this week. Stay tuned. I may have seen some videos go viral, TikTok, Insta, that are talking about the red nail theory. It claims men are more attracted to women who wear red nail polish. This lady's kind of bizarre theory is that it's almost like an Oedipus complex that red nails remind them of their moms and being taken care of. Listen. I know guys are attracted to red nails and I'll tell you why. It's called the red nails theory. Every time I have red nails, a guy comments on it. And I always thought red nails was like a grandma nail color. I was like, why are they liking red nails? And then it hit me. In the 90s when we were growing up, women had red nails a lot, especially like our moms. Guys are attracted to red nails because it reminds them of their moms when they were growing up taking care of them or like some sort of mommy issue with it. I swear to God. She says mommy issues. Although this red nail theory is kind of making the rounds online, and it might even sound like some advice out of a 50s magazine. Psychologist Carla Marie Manley, author of the book Date Smart, says there is some truth behind it. In certain cultures, such as the ancient Greeks and Hebrews, red was considered a color of love, a color of passion. To this day, we continue to associate red, especially vibrant crimson tones, with sexuality, passion, romance. Many men find red nail polish enticing due to its longtime connection with sexuality and eroticism. In fact, research shows that men unconsciously find women more attractive when they wear red, like clothes. Just as men are drawn to the beauty of, say, a shiny red sports car, they seem to also have an affinity for women who wear shades of red nail polish. So ladies kind of right, but just not for the reason she thought she was. This is a crazy story. A guy in Georgia says his Apple Watch recently saved his life. Everyone's got an Apple Watch now, I feel. Only problem with mine is that the battery doesn't stay on long enough. I don't know if it's something with it or what, but this is a reason why to always keep that damn thing charged and on you. He was hiking with his dogs, cinnamon and sugar, when they saw a coyote, knocked him down, it broke his femur. He couldn't reach his phone, but his watch detected the fall, helped him call 911. They got spooked, knocked me down, and then dragged me off the trail. I realized I couldn't move and I couldn't get up and it was in a lot of pain. I couldn't even get to the phone because my phone was in my pocket, which I was laying on. Once the call was made into 911, they stayed on with me until emergency services showed up. That is some amazing technology that they pioneered. That was only like a year or so old, right? Man, I've always, I've seen a bunch of stories where people are being saved with this Apple technology. Amazing. 
are a couple little new words, new trends to make sure you stay young. Some single women are looking for a guy who's attractive. Others want someone funny, someone with a certain career, maybe someone who's more family focused. Others, they want a golden retriever man. It's a new dating term that's picked up some steam. It's called the golden retriever man. It's a guy who liked the breed of dog, sweet, gentle, affectionate, eager to please, not to mention easy to train, maybe a little sporty. I mean, what do you want, a man or do you want Airbud, ladies? Urban Dictionary defines this type of guy as a significant other that's easygoing, makes it fairly simple to maintain a happy and fulfilling relationship. It's not supposed to be a derogatory slant. It's actually supposed to be a good thing. So all good. And finally, it's time to announce the word of the year, which is the most exciting day of 2023 for people who work at dictionaries. Uh, the Oxford University Press in England has awarded its prestigious word of the year honor to Riz. That's Riz, two Zs, not like Ritz crackers. Riz is internet slang defined, really it's short for charisma, style, charm, attractiveness, the ability to attract a romantic or sexual partner. Riz beat out three other finalists, including Swifty, which doesn't have to be defined. The other was Prompt, the instruction given to an AI program which determines or influences the content it generates. It's basically like the Google search query for AI, which you can hone in on to get exactly what you want. And then Situationship. We've talked about that before here. A romantic or sexual relationship that's not considered to be formal or established. Four other semi-finalist words, beige flag, character trait that indicates that a potential partner is boring or lacks originality, parasocial. What's that mean? A relationship that a person imagines having with another person who they don't actually know, often due to being connected on social media, weird. And then finally, de-influencing. We talked about this earlier in the year, the practice of discouraging people from buying particular products, kind of like the invert of influencing. So there you go. As you go about your hump day, step up that Riz. Before we jump out of our lo-fi headlines, let's say thanks to McClintock's, the place to be since 1973, 50 years. Of course, the Steakhouse in Shell Beach, the Saloon, the products. How about the F. McClintock's Recipe 15? This is their collab with Maker's Mark, exclusively created for the folks at McClintock's. And these 50th anniversary FMC beans, these are going to be on the shelves in early 24, and they are going to go ballistic. Get your hands on some of them. That's coming up early 24 with the McClintock's beans in a can available all over the place. Check out their whiskey lounge, their steakhouse, their saloon. Have a private event up there. Go to McClintock's.com. And those are some lo-fi headlines. Up in Adams, lo-fi headlines. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to Josh Clapper. He is the owner, the winemaker of Tambor Winery. He and his lovely wife, Chiasa, have a tasting room in the village of Arroyo Grande, also a winery in the Lobro neighborhood here in uh, the south part of San Luis Obispo. He's a neighbor. So we're going to chat with him coming up next. First, I want to get right into our breaking and entering Christmas. Okay, here we go. We have found a family for our 10th annual breaking and entering Christmas. Again, in short, to kind of tell you what we do here, we find a needy family, a family that by all accounts, Christmas just not in the cards. And we use the help of the folks that nominate them get them out of the house where we bring in a tree, presents, gifts, bikes for the kids, and we leave the spirit of Christmas behind. So much thanks to our friends at United Staffing Associates. They help us every single year. UnitedWeStaff.com. 
and so many folks that also step in, Red Oak Security, the general store. We're gonna tell you if you're a business in a minute how you can get involved. Now, if you know anything about last year's family, we had a family where the dad had recently passed away from cancer, super young, super quick. They had young kids and it was wild because we were there doing the breaking in Christmas and there were still flowers fresh on the porch of this family from the service of this man. That's how fresh and new these wounds were. This year, we have two little kids. We also have a situation where one of the parents has a stage four cancer, is being recommended to hospice, and things are really up in the air right now. Could this be the last Christmas that this parent has with their partner and these kids. Now remember, with the breaking during Christmas, we keep the family anonymous. We tweak the ages of the kids a little bit. We don't tell you everything all at once right now because the idea is this family maintains anonymity the entire time. We get in there, we leave the spirit of Christmas behind, and then we out, that's it. This family gets to walk in there and feel those four walls, the love that was left in there for them, just hug them, embrace them, and then they will have those presents, that money, that tree, those lights, those decorations to have a Christmas that hopefully they will never, ever forget. This family, we've got a seven-year-old boy and a five-year-old girl. Well, how about we'll call the boy Charlie and the girl Ava. Now, I'm gonna put all this on the website. You're gonna be able to go check out the family, get the lowdown, the sizes. This is where people really start kind of turning up the giving because maybe something strikes something in them. I had um, the lady, Miriam, who owns Black Sheep. She was like, let me know. I really want to put a, a gift together for a little girl. You know, so whatever you feel led to do, that's why we change the names and ages of these kids because you may go, oh, I want to get that little dude something or I want to get the gal something or I want to let me know. People will get to me behind the scenes and say, hey, tell me about mom and dad. And I, and I will do that. If you want any information on mom or dad, I'll put all the sizes and all the stuff for the kids on adamonteal.com. And then if you want to hit me up and say, hey, I want to do something for dad, I, I got you. I don't put everything on the web because again, we got to keep the family anonymous. So if you reach out to me, I can get you all the info you need. We can meet up. We want to make this as easy as possible for you to give. Maybe you're a business who has something that a seven-year-old boy or a five-year-old girl would just absolutely love. Let us know. But this is potentially going to be a final Christmas of this family of four. And we want to make sure that this family has the best Christmas ever. Go to adamonteal.com, click on the breaking and entering tab, and we will get you all the info you need. Just reach out. So our Breaking and Entering Christmas is under our Community Uncorked segment, and we really want to thank our friends at Dow Vineyards for bringing that to us. Learn more, DowVineyards.com. Remember, go to AdamOnTeal.com, get the lowdown on the kids, seven-year-old boy, five-year-old girl, see their sizes, what they like, AdamOnTeal.com, click on Breaking and Entering Christmas. And thank you so much in advance for your help for this family. All right, let's get right into it. Our conversation with Josh Clapper. He is the owner, winemaker for Tambor Wines, the tasting room, the village in Arroyo Grande, yeah, the winery, which early 24 is going to be transformed into something really cool. He's got this brand new whiskey lounge, kind of cool cellar, like a personal cellar that he's got there where he's going to do tastings. 
It's a great place on the south end of San Luis Obispo on Capitolio in the Lobro neighborhood. Josh Clapper up and Adam. Here we go. Cheers, buddy. <laughs> it's good to see you, dude. Yeah, it's good to see you. Adam is passing the microphone back and forth because we're at, you know, at the winery. It's a beautiful setup. So I didn't want to like bring the whole big to do setup. What do you mean? Well, you know, like where I bring, you know, I've done the podcast with oh, you yeah. where there's the board yeah. and there's the mics and you're setting up the mics and the wires and the XLR cables. It's like, I'd rather just hang and, I mean, this thing works good. Yeah, it works pretty good, but I think we have to get our faces real close. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, um, thank you. You texted me about the podcast. I'm excited that you're listening because even though you were on my radio show a bunch, you were never really a listener of the radio. No, I'm not a consumer of a lot of different media. Um, I think partially because my life is doesn't revolve around sitting around, and so um, I'm never in one place where the radio is on. Uh, until about a year ago, I was telling you that I've been a, like having a lot of time by myself in the winery and getting back to my basics, the basics of winemaking, and so. I have my AirPods in all day, every day. So I started listening to a, you know, a bunch of podcasts and this medium is great. So I, I'm really sad that you got laid off, but I'm really excited that I, <laughs> that you have a podcast, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like rooting for it. So yeah. It's so much fun to have you on here. Um, we are in your winery in the Lobro neighborhood, right near the Lobro studios. Lobro. Yes. You're from New York. So you know all about having neighborhoods. Oh, yeah. Um, I think when I first, you know, this neighborhood, we're kind of near the airport, a little bit north, I guess, west of the airport. Um, there's a lot of, it's like historically an industrial kind of development. But now there's a bunch of cool little cideries and wineries popping up and just kind of the urbanization of craft beverage, which has been happening, you know, for the past, I don't know, 20 20 years or something like that. Yeah. So low bro means lower broad. And I remember the first time I heard it. It was during COVID, and you'd walk the dog in the neighborhood when Daddy knew someone that you go outside, and you would have these uh, people would take like sidewalk chalk, and they would write "Low Bro Howl" at eight p.m. So every day at eight p.m., everyone would just go like, and you would hear a collective howl in the neighborhoods, and it was the coolest thing. It totally brought people together, and the Low Bro Howl. That's when I first heard Low Bro. Yeah, that's way cooler than my story. So I first heard it because I was like, what do we call this neighborhood? Because it's not downtown. I'm like, where is it? It's by the airport, you know? And I just randomly did something and I found some, either it was, I think it was Slow has a map maybe with the different neighborhoods. And I was like, Lobro, I've never heard that. And I mentioned it to some friends of mine and they were, I, I think originally I thought it was, I, I, I couldn't remember, I said Sobro. And for, unfortunately I said Sobro to Kobe um, from El Lugar Winery. And so every time he sees me, he's like, Sobro. I'm like, no, no, it's Lobro, it's Lobro, you know. <laughs> Lobro, bro, yo, let's eat some Froyo. We are turning this place into, first of all, we are in a lounge that I have visited you several different times. I always see it more evolve now. We got pictures of teams you guys have sponsored. You got some some whiskey even in here. This is like your personal cellar where you will, the Clapper private bar, where you, where you will do taste with people. Yeah, yeah. Are you doing intros for these things? So will everyone know who you're talking to when, or, or should I have done that? <laughs> oh, no, I'll totally do it. But no, what, is, what would you say your intro is? What would you say? What is your intro? Like if you're introducing yourself. Um, Josh Clapper, um, Tambor Winery. So we have a taste room in the village of AG and we make our wines in low bro, slow. (laughs) 
Low bro slow, Low yo. Bro slow. Um, and uh, yeah, we're in our winery. It's a it used to be Westy Works for people for locals who've been here for a while. People are like, oh yeah, the place where all the all the old VW buses were. Yep, that's exactly where it was. And we've turned it into a winery. So if you if you drive by, we've got a bunch of roll up doors. You can imagine driving in your car for some work. Um, we're actually we're in my little personal cellar. So um, this is where we're gonna have all of our library wines. I also have some other things. My collections of random stuff. There's even going to be part of my toy collection here. I'm not like a super collector of toys, but I like, I'm kind of a quirky weirdo. Old cars, like old model. Yeah, it's like, you know, cars and, you know, my wife is Japanese. We go to Japan and they have vending machines for all these cool little things. So I've got like a realistic model of a Toyota forklift that was like three bucks in Japan. Like that's, (laughs) that's, you know, the size of a quarter. Um, But ultimately this is going to be where we, you know, I do private tasting. So for someone that wants to do a regular tasting, I'm usually not pouring that just because I just don't have the time or I'm not here because if I'm here, I'm working. And if I'm working, I'm driving the forklift, which means I'm going to hit someone if they're doing a regular tasting. (laughs) So we met Josh years ago. He is from originally born in New York City, moved, got into the restaurant scene, and then moved out to California where he learned winemaking from easily some of the absolute best legends like uh, Bob Lindquist, Jim Clendenin. And he's right there on the Miller property making wine, seeing all these world-class grapes come in, learning how to make them. And then what year did we start Tambor? Well, I started making wine in 2005 under the brand La Fenetra. In 2014, we rebranded as Tambor. Why? Because no one's going to remember what I said 20 seconds ago. Or how to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what was that? Did you ever rethink, like, okay, we made it to a word where a lot of people are going to say it wrong, but it's more about the meaning of what's behind it. Because you could see your bottles, your stories, they all have a certain theme that rings, no pun intended, kind of intended, rings yeah. through. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was well aware that timbre was not an easy word. La Fenetra was an impossible word. La Fenetra, in fact, isn't even right. Because if you say it really the way the French say it, it's La Fenetra. And there's no, there's no... We're never saying that. There's no English version of that. But with timbre, it's actually a word that means the same thing in like all the European languages. So if you say timbre, that's not how I pronounce it. But if you're from a Spanish or a Latin speaking, Latino speaking place, then timbre would be how you pronounce that word. I'm cool with it. Timbre, timber. Um, I've heard tom. That would be a French word. <laughs> that's the French French pronunciation. Tom? Tomb. Oh, tomb. Tomb. You know? But the answer is yes. Uh, also, the truth is um, for something to be truly cared about, I feel like people have to, there has to be something extra that people have to do to really internalize it. And so having a kind of a funky name, when people know confidently how to say it, then they feel like they're in the club, you know? And that's important for me. You know, my favorite things aren't always simple, but they have meaning. And And they're worth it once you wrap your head around them. Exactly. So your tasting room is in the village of Arroyo Grande. This here in Lobro is going to get active early 24. But big news. So we're going to have Brian Collins from Ember on towards the end of this week. But Ember has said they're selling. Did you even see this yet? This was big news for AG. 
Um, yeah, actually, so I saw it um, in the last, I saw it about a week ago, I think. It, I don't know if they'd put it out on social media, but someone was like, hey, did you hear that Ember sold? And, you know, in the industry, you kind of hear things a little bit before. And, I mean, I threw it up on social media immediately. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I saw that, and I'm super stoked. I think that if you if you look at the growth of that business, you walk, that place is 10 years old next year. And you walk in on any night of the week they're open, and it's a two-hour wait. And it's just like... That you know, unless you go at four, you're you're gonna wait. And the food is always fire. Food is on point. Service is on point. Wine service is great. The the ambiance, everything, and that's why why it uh, you know that's why they've been so successful. But very exciting for for both uh, Brian and, ha- and Harmony. It's Harmony, great. yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's sick. I don't know what's next for them. I can't wait for him to tell me. But obviously the next chapter, you can only imagine with what they've done with the last one, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be rad. Yeah, I own a small business. I hope their next chapter is lying on a beach somewhere <laughs> <laughs> and drinking cocktails for the next five years to decompress because um, as amazing and successful as they've been, uh, Adam, you know what kind of work goes into, you know, you're just, and you're starting out on your, your small business journey, right? This podcast is like a small business. You got to figure out how to do everything. And there are some days where you're like, wow, does it ever get any easier? You know? And, but, but 90% of the time it's totally worth it. It's, you, you know, I see the joy in your face when you start talking about it and it's just, it's exciting, you know? What's a harder business to be at do every day would it be the restaurant business or would it be the wine business i was in the restaurant business for 10 years and for me restaurant business would have been way harder would have been way harder that's why i'm in the wine business you know (laughs) um the restaurant business i mean the key is that there are people there that want to eat every day and if you're not there to feed them every day they're not going to get fed and having a small business you realize that no one's as passionate about your business and what you do as you and so if you're trying to hit a high level, especially like the high level they're hitting there at Ember, that is not just a full-time job. That's a two people, full-time, all in, all the time. And, you know, I, I know how hard they work. And it's something that during harvest, I worked that hard. <laughs> but that's three months of the year. The rest of the year, I kind of, I, I wouldn't say I slack, but I, I couldn't keep it up all the time. Okay, so I'm so curious. Because of your background in restaurants, especially in big markets, what if you could put any kind of restaurant in San Luis Obispo or anywhere in the county, really, Lobro, wherever, where are you going to drop a brand new, I guess take a drink every time you hear Lobro in this episode, where would you or what kind of cuisine would Josh Clapper put here? Oh, my God. So um, if I, so my daughter and I have this joke, I can't say the name of it, but you know, because if we ever decide to do it, it's going to be awesome. But no, I, my, if I did a restaurant, it would be an egg based restaurant. So it would be everything egg-based. And it, was, it would be like breakfast, lunch, dinner, but everything revolves around eggs. Because I think, you know, for me, with any artistic or creative endeavor, you've got to have some kind of, you've got to put walls on it somehow so that you have direction. Because if you, if you can do anything all the time, then how could you do anything great? You know, but is the name really that clever? No, it's not that clever. You I just don't want to say it. I just don't want to say it. Okay, say it and I'll beep it out. Hey, if you book a private tasting at Tambor, it's like you two can find out the name of the restaurant. (laughs) 
you can hear what we just beeped. Yes. Okay. And so obviously breakfast, no brainer. But what are we doing for? Okay, so brunch. But what what are you doing in this place for for dinner? Like like fried rice and stuff like that. Or like what do you mean? Yeah, I think I think fried rice, egg drop soup. I think of all these just like. When you add eggs to something, it just makes it extra delicious. Funny enough, my son hates eggs, but we snowboard and ski together, so we're good. We don't need to make eggs together, you know? Um, but do you think calling something egg f- is a bad idea? <laughs> oh my God, eggs on a burger. I, when I, when yeah. I, the first time I did that? Sure, eggs on a burger. I mean, um, so in our house, one thing that we love, like I love to make, and usually it's like if my daughter and I are fighting, this is like the e- easy makeup is we make omurice, which is like a Japanese dish where you make an omelet, which is basically filled with rice. And so, um, and you can add anything to that and do it. So it's like we could have, I don't know, the world of eggs. Yeah, it would be awesome. Just come here, sign an NDA, and I'll tell you the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drop down 500 bucks, sign an NDA, right. boom. Okay, we have um, a Albarino in the glass. Uh, what is this? Uh, what is this wine? So this is a 2023 Albarino from Riverbench Vineyard in Santa Maria. Unfortunately, not grown in Lobro, although not <laughs> not a lot is <laughs> not a lot grown in Lobro. I went to Spain for the first time over the summer, and I've been making Albarino for I can't remember what the, the first vintage, maybe 20 or 19. I can't remember the first one I made, and I fell in love with Albarino. So we were in we were in Barcelona and Madrid in the summer. And if you know Spain, it's hot. It's really hot. And so there's no red wine drinking in the summer in Spain, at least not for me. And so I was just drinking tons of Albarino. And so, you know, one thing that I immediately go to in my, you know, with my restaurant background is how can I incorporate this into an event? And like, I've done this. And so we, I actually have an event planned. We haven't started marketing. We haven't even thought about what it is, but it'll be something with the 2023 Albarino release and eggs and Spanish. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Frittata, like, yeah. <laughs> some kind of Spanish theme. So it'd be probably like a tapas theme or something like that. And it's grown, it's fermented and it's bottled really quickly. And so there's not much to think about, you know, you're tasting, you're tasting and smelling this wine. It's aromatic. It's fresh. It's beautiful. It just needs like some like dope Serrano ham or something like that oh. on a piece of like, butter toast they make this bread in um uh it's a catalan dish you know they make this bread where they just like toasted bread so it's crusty with garlic and fresh tomato like essence basically um you just like cut the clove rub it on the toast it just like and then rub a piece of cut a piece of tomato and rub that on the toast and then eat that with either like some spanish cheese or some serrano ham and like it is so good that sounds so good. Okay, I got to get the, that recipe. Can't wait for that when you do that event. And also, um, I got to get that omelet rice recipe. What do you guys call it? So it's called Omu Rice. Actually, there's some sick videos on YouTube of like the most famous Japanese restaurant that does it because they have like super style. So basically, what they do is they cook these omelets. And for so when I do it, I make up. I, I make an omelet. Like I, I make um almost like a roll, right? So you make like a flat omelet. Almost looks like a tortilla in the pan. You put rice down. I like to do sesame seeds, Japanese sesame seeds to flavor the rice. And you just fold it over and then like, you know, and then put it on a plate. Ideally, a little bit is still a little runny inside. But there's this place in Japan, I can't remember what it's called. And they have a pile of rice on a plate. And then they cook this omelet. And it's this, it looks like a kind of a football shape or something, like a long football shape. And then the way they cook it, the inside is 
basically like completely runny and then they put it on top of the rice and then just like cut the top of the omelet and it just like falls apart over the rice and it's just like the most decadent delicious looking thing all i could think of is you put some white truffles on there and you're like <laughs> game over the the thing is like you look at the way they make this omelet and they're doing it like it's like five minutes it's like there's that video of jacques papin making the perfect french omelet and you're like oh that's so easy yeah. but the only issue is that he's had like 50 years of experience so he knows exactly the temperature exactly the pan how to touch it in the right way how to eggs it. always intimidate me yeah. at home they always intimidate me i love eggs are my, so eggs what's funny about eggs is when i talk to people about how to make pinot noir it's always like eggs so everyone says like pinot noir is impossible and i'm like well if you can learn how to make scrambled eggs you can learn how to make pinot noir it's not that it's hard it's just there's critical Timing is critical. What's your critical? I got my scrambled eggs from my friend Rachel Ponce, chef, who's fantastic. That's where I do my soft scrambled eggs. That's how I do it now. And that's, I'm good there. Fried eggs still have a problem. What is your secret to great scrambled eggs? So my secret to great scrambled eggs is, um, so obviously beat them really hard. You want lots of air, nice, nice, fluffy, shitload of, we don't use, uh, for some reason we don't use fresh butter in our house. We've gotten used to uh, smart balance. I don't know if it's healthier or not, but it, margarine tastes fucking good. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Once you get used to it, you're like, this tastes good. So, but like lots, like don't skimp out. Why? Like I don't eat eggs every day, so I'm, I'm going to make them taste really good. And then, um, kind of as they're setting in the pan, I kind of move them a lot. And then the last thing I do, I've got like lots of little pieces of eggs, is I toss them in the pan. So each, they all kind of roll into this nice soft shape. So the shape of each one is like a little pillow omelet, you know, and the inside is not quite done. And so like you have like 50 little kind of omelets. That's how I do them. But they're not like hotel scrambled eggs. They're a little different, you know. That's so good. I love it. <laughs> Who knew we would get into the full on? I love it. Josh Clapper, he is from Tambor Winery. We are here in the Lobro Winery. This is where all the winemaking gets done. Cider, sparkling, right? I mean, we're doing we're adding a lot to the portfolio. Yep, sparkling. We do cider. We actually did our we did a cider this year that I just added pomegranate juice to. So, I did one before it was about 20% and that was delicious but like super cranberry. So this one I did 5% just to see. We might add a little more before we go in to get the bubbles. We do all our winemaking here. And so, you know, we envision this as being a place where, you know, wine club members can certainly come and have a bottle or a glass of wine. Um, and then uh, kind of educational. So people can come to a tour. We show you the equipment. You see what's going on. When I get my cellar set up with all my library, eventually we'll do deeper stuff. So, you know, I can tell you all you want that the wines are going to get better or not going to get better or whatever. But I'd rather just show you. I'd rather just say, hey, why don't we taste something from 20 years ago? Why don't we taste something from my second vintage? And we'll see if I was on the right track. I always say this. If I had to listen to air checks from my, you know, second year of being on the radio, I mean, I cringe. They're horrible. But your <laughs> wine tastes good. Yeah, well, I had, you know, imagine that your air checks were being watched by, like, Howard Stern, dude. They'd be perfect, you know? Right, yeah, you know, you're learning from the best. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. Uh, whether it's your uh, Pinot Noir, your Chardonnay, your sparkling, your cider, uh, Josh is just such an incredible, you're an incredible producer. And you are a neighbor, 
I know it's so cool. Every you know, so Adam will show up from time to time and just drop in because he happens to you know live on all three blocks from the winery. And uh, I hope that continues to happen. You just stop in for a beer or something like that. Um, Anytime I need content for the show now, duh. Oh, dude, you know, I can, I'll talk about anything. You ask me a question, I'll answer it. For better or for worse, I am the king of putting my foot in my mouth. So very flexible in that way. We'll, we'll have to have more of it then. Uh, thanks, dude, for having me. Appreciate it. Cheers. Enjoy. Love that dude, Josh Clapper. He is a real one. Thanks for the conversation. Never thought I would just sit and chat with a dude about eggs for so long. I don't know. Coming up later this week, our conversation with Brian Collins. He and his wonderful wife, Harmony, we told you earlier in the show, they are selling their ridiculously popular restaurant called Ember, also in Arroyo Grande. What is going on? What is next for them is my question. He is going to give us the exclusive interview later this week. I am looking forward to it. More than you know. Don't forget, again, our breaking dinner and Christmas, all the info on the family, the kids, sizes, interests. Check out adamontiel.com. Click on breaking and entering Christmas at the top of the page. It'll tell you everything you need to know. And please reach out. Original music on the podcast, Dan Curcio, Moonshiner Collective. Stream him wherever you get your music and visit moonshinercollective.com. Technical consideration by our friends at Full Cup Solutions. We are halfway through this week. Back tomorrow. Thank you so much for making us your first podcast of the day. I appreciate you more than you know. Please tell a friend, rate, review, and subscribe to the show where you listen to it. And thank you, thank you for being up and at them. Start again.